we enter an era and a generation, times have passed, and times are here, where at this new dawn, we start to continue a journey that began in 1969. The expansion, the experiences of psychedelics ranging from shrooms, acid, peyote, and ayahuasca. The minds, the melds, the stories, the music, the pictures, and the art that have all been captured through 45 years of history, dawn, and activists standing up strong, ready to fight. For this is the new chapter and the new generation for psychedelics, the rights, and the freedom for you to be who you are and to be the souls that continue next chapter let's start with the conclusion of this podcast lost in the groove this is the conclusion of the psychedelic so we have covered quite a number of topics in the psychedelic world and We've learned through each one and the guests we've brought on this season how those experiences can vary, how different they can feel. We've uh, we've honestly had a lot of great guests, and it's um, I feel I feel that each of them has had similar kind of outcomes of what they've experienced and, and yet uh, somewhat different in uh, the way they've explained them. For all you listeners out there who have stuck around the past 10 uh, episodes and have heard these stories, if we scoured the internet, we would find a plethora of very similar cases. The truth be told is that it truly is now the most beautiful time to explore the expansion of mind and spirit. Never before have we been given an opportunity to kind of express ourselves in this way with uh, less repercussion, with less discrimination, because it is becoming very, very accepted in the medical community, which is huge. They, they, you know, I was thinking about this over the weekend. This method exists because of safety concerns to the public for the efficacy of, uh, of application and, and uh, understanding like what is going on chemically for every substance that's out there. This is the general process. And if we hadn't, uh, developed a process like this, we'd still be leave, living in a time pre-FDA. And uh, those were dangerous times. And that's why such an agency exists. Um, from everything we've learned, whether it's from each other or from history, it's, to me anyways, it's pretty clear that chemicals and substances are very misunderstood. I. Um, you know, I'm a product of, as of today, in this present moment, I am a product of this psychode- uh, psychedelic journey. And it has done a lot of positive things. 
from all the different substances we've covered, just like Dave has mentioned so eloquently that each one targets something very specific from creativity your mind to, to your mind yeah to to Thank colors you. and sound it's pretty it's pretty amazing that we can all share these stories talk about them openly and be able to describe in detail so that others that come forth who feel like they don't have many options uh that maybe they've exhausted a lot of uh traditional options that uh, this is something that can be looked at seriously with little or no discrimination now. You know, if you, you look at um, Buddhist teaching, there's this concept of Mother Nature. And the idea is that the earth, what we've been blessed with, what we've been given, has allowed us to accomplish so many things. Without the earth that's underneath our feet, we are helpless. We're helpless creatures. We don't have a planet without the earth. We don't have a planet without the soil, the trees. And you, here you have these plants, these chemicals, that are able to create these experiences. You know, people say... Why was it 50 years ago they were able to have the freedom and then they were suppressed and we have to suffer because of that suppression? I think it's quite the opposite. I feel like it's two different experiences. They were the pioneers, the settlers to this new dawn or as they said, the new age of Aquarius. And now we're continuing that in a smarter healthier and more productive way, understanding what each of those things are, what they do, what could they possibly accomplish, and how they can help better people's lives in a positive way. And that's the whole point of the, the topic. You know, we chose psychedelics because we saw this growing, this growing change, but also from our personal experiences, we, uh, Dave and I both felt it was very important to, to share our experiences, but also touch up on an area that many of you are interested in, but maybe afraid to, uh, to talk about out loud, whether it's with your friends or, or your family members. Uh, the point is, is that it can be helpful and maybe it's not for everybody, but what happened 50 years ago was, um, it was a different time and the experimentations that occurred then were among a very small demographic of people. You know, if we fast forward today because of more acceptance and let's say the network effect that's occurring with, um, with the internet, there are people who, who would have never considered this that are beginning to consider it. And, um, and yeah, who knows? I mean, who look knows? at, look at ketamine, you know, remember when Eli came on and said, now we're, there's ketamine clinics. Yeah. These are medical doctors that have been performing research and tests and they're now allowing it to the mainstream. And the reason is, is that 
So what? It's an animal tranquilizer. So what? It was used as a party drug for God knows how long. It's not, you know, to label and stereotype, this is why we have gone to war so many times. This is why we as a people of the United States and so many other countries have suffered. Is because of this stereotypical nuance that this is what it is and there's no way of changing it. Which well, makes that drugs makes are no bad, sense. right? Yeah. Drugs are bad, right? But you don't you don't realize until you get older and you can actually think critically for yourself that uh, chemicals aren't bad, people are bad, you know, and, and behaviors are the um, the culprit ultimately. They're good people and bad people. Um, chemicals surround us everywhere. It's, we breathe them every second, millisecond of the day. It's part of this existence. And, um, and to deny that, uh, uh, to deny people the experiences that they can bring, because much of it could be positive versus negative. It's just you need guidance. You need to educate yourself. I mean, for all of you out there, who may have had experiences, I want, you to guy, I want you guys to drop them down below. We'll open up a poll and we'll take a tally and see like how many people have actually tried psychedelics and have had positive effects. Um, Dave, that's your department. I'll try to remind you. Let's create that poll when we, uh, when we publish this so that we can see like... And it'll be on, um, it'll be on Spotify. But, you know, what I can always do is I'll leave a link for, you know, um, you Apple podcasters out there. Uh, but, you know, um, I'll also have a page. But the, the point we want to do is, and this is the point of continuing society and culture is, society and culture is a great topic because we as people forget the two pillars that make society and culture, what it they are. And those two things are, is people and communication. Communication has been the most vital tool for society's stability and longevity throughout history. Without communication, societies have died. They've perished. Culture is one of those things where it's not about what's weird and, oh my God, He's wearing a, a skirt. Oh, my God. Well, it's called a kilt, and that's part of their heritage and their culture. Continuing these weird and odd things, it's not because they're weird and odd. It's part of a culture. Psychedelics is a culture. Cannabis is a culture. Drugs is a culture. People don't understand this, but... We have been using these substances for thousands of years. It just happens to be recently where this idea of thinking has been changed in society due to the lack of communication. It's that simple. Or, or, or the suppression of communication. Correct. That's, that's probably likely. And it's funny that you know th those are two incredible, um, I want to say, two incredible ideas of what make up society and culture to say it's people and communication. And that is one of the reasons why uh, society exists today, at least in this form. But what hasn't changed and what I think 
um, some of these substances could help to do so if um, if it's if in some weird way it's possible in the future is that it can change one thing and that is people for the better we hope right um, and the reason why we would want such a thing is because as new leaders come about we want them to have open communication and we want them to be more open-minded the reason why we have wars and disagreements even though we have communication is because of human greed an element that is almost impossible to eliminate but through psychedelics i feel that even though that element may still exist in some form i think it can be somewhat suppressed because people will be people with uh, within influence or power can be a little more awake a little more conscious i mean look at this movement of, around um just uh i want to say how what's what's the right way of putting it dave the this current movement of trying to save the planet it's not it's not new either no no so there's a few uh, there's a few terms to it uh there's environmentalists okay uh there's greeners greeners okay. has been a new term that's been used um eco lifestyle okay. eco friendly uh bio bio is another one you have people that are very into biodegradable which i think is really cool i think biodegradable is a great technology it's kind of actually pretty cool to actually see it in process just an actual product that just degrades and becomes part of the soil again uh but it is part of a it is part of a movement that makes a lot of sense which is we're we got a giant rock full of dirt why don't we just use whatever dirt that's there why do you have to make new dirt you have stuff that you can you know the piles of garbage that exists in landfills you could make god knows how many products you could make you know how many cars worth of metal you can make out of landfills yeah but, i mean I, I can only imagine god knows she's you know the amount of trash that you could take and you can make even houses out of it you could literally take trash solidify it and make it into a house well here's a good example of um and this is it's a good example because um it, it's been used for a while our waste management here in california runs on uh runs on uh, natural gas that's produced from trash so the trash they collect from everybody's houses they have a way to turn that into fuel for their trucks um and this, buses the, yeah and the buses too this was a necessity so you know necessity is the mother of all inventions it's it's the it's the reason for creation as a company they need to save money on fuel these trucks take up a lot of fuel well they need free fuel the best way to do it is to charge you to pick up your trash and then figure out a way to turn it into fuel um that pro, pro, that's the profit motive for them to have made that change but um you know environmentalist was probably the first term uh going back many decades and those groups of people 
have existed for a while. Um, and it, as we're seeing now, it's kind of transformed into this uh, into multi-sector uh, and everybody wants to kind of whatever groups call themselves different, uh, different names, but the purpose is all the same, you know, protect the planet, change the way we do things, clean um, it up, clean it up. But on a global conscious scale, I feel that psychedelics could um, accelerate that process, help people wake up faster. It's going to, you know, <clears throat> people may ask at this point, like, what does all of this have to do with psychedelics? And you know what? It has a lot to do with psychedelics because there is going to come to a point where it's going to be needed. Why did cannabis become legal? Necessity. It became to a point where medical researchers and doctors realize we can't, we can't keep shoving pills up people's mouths and expecting to fix problems. It just doesn't work. Then the idea of alternative healing started coming up. And it started becoming more of a necessity. So sure enough, cannabis became part of that necessity. And then finally, after God knows how many years, it started to be legalized. So you're right. It's where once psychedelics become that necessity, like it is now, it's not going to stop. And it's going to be okay to use. And I mean, uh, the only I can agree and disagree with the the idea of why cannabis became legalized now over the course of the last maybe 20 years decriminalized and but if in we're going to states but if we're going to use your analogy of the the greener fuel and the idea of environmentalists it would be the need of necessity there, there are various different reasons why but though that is one of those is a need of change you know <clears throat> I think psychedelics are a great example of change. Psychedelics mean you are opening yourself up to a new experience, right? And a new experience means new change. People fear the change. People have always feared the change. But we live in a society where people are yearning for change. We went through COVID-19, and that changed everything. People want change more than ever before because they're tired of the same sick old lies and sick old life, of just the same repetitive pattern that repeats itself over and over and over again and promises nothing, promises nothing and gives everything in return. Maybe so. But I am cynical in that regard. People want change because things are fucked up. But uh, if we go back and we talk to somebody from 50 years ago, they would have said the same thing. And things things change out of out of the the sheer fact of human behavior. You know, uh, uh, does it change that companies want to profit? No. But if you hit them where it hurts, and enough people do it, they change. Um, and that's their that's their profit motive. Don't fuck with it. You know, uh, why, you know, why is it that trash builds up and why these uh, groups are growing in momentum? The profit motive is massive for petroleum and they're very, very powerful people like they they can collapse entire nations um, 
in in a matter of hours. To give you an example, like look at what happened on the East Coast maybe a year ago or less. Um, a supposed hack happened to a petroleum distributor, a, refi uh, a refinery out on the East Coast, a fairly large one, um, and shortages of fuel uh, were just insane. Prices skyrocketed. Uh, the ransom was probably bullshit. I mean, I, I did look into it, but the ever-growing um, change in people's behaviors are what drive much of the changes in how these entities operate. Uh, they are the reasons why things are the way they are. 100%. <clears throat> You know, going back to what I said, and I want to add something else on this, is when I said <clears throat> promises nothing and gives, every, it gives everything in return, if you really think about it very closely, we're... This is Lost in the Groove. And I'm Mike. I'm Dave. We hippies have come together to spark change. So together, we give you our society and culture podcast. So with that, let's get funky and let the intro music play, baby. Many times these large corporations and governments, they do promise, right? They promise nothing. They never use the word that they're actually going to... If you really think about it, the, you hear their wording. They don't actually promise that they're actually going to do this. They say that they support it, and they want to be a part of it, and they want to do something. Right. That's Those are totally different words, right? Right. And get everything in return where people then think it comes from the politicians or from these large corporations... In reality, what happens is people are like, well, you're not going to do it, then we're going to do it. Yep. And I think that's, I think that's what we're seeing in, in the psychedelic revolution is uh, people are doing it. And they're, they don't have a choice. They're, they're breaking that mold. And, um, and uh, as a result, the research communities have taken notice. And so they spend more money in the research. They're discovering the same things. I mean... Um, who knows if the same if the same would have happened? But these things take such a long time. A lot, much of this stuff we're talking about could have been going on for twenty or thirty years in terms oh. of research. Oh, of course, right? But, <clears throat> you know, you have to think to yourself. I I, I told you this before as well. Well, <clears throat> since the since drugs, all drugs, talking about heroin, methamphetamine, crack, all of this stuff has been made illegal. In the United States, go online. Like, I urge you listeners to go online and see this. Look at the numbers. The years before, you got to remember, modern medicine was also very different back then, but overdose was a lot less. Like, I mean, overdose, not let, I'm reverse this. Overdoses were more common and it was a little bit more different than now, but less people died. People died of other things, but less people died as quickly as people do now. With all of these, why? Because when you make when you make drugs illegal, you allow these cartel 
these black market people to just lace the shit out of this stuff. I mean, it's... So now you're killing people quicker. People are dying quicker on this because they get, you know, this happened, I remember in New York this happened for quite a number of years, acid. LSD on the black market for about 2008 to about 2013. About 85% of it was laced with fentanyl and traces of heroin. People were yeah. dying like flies in New York City. That's not a story that uh, that was, I think, uh, advertised all that well. I had, I had not seen that statistic. But uh, to give you uh, another comparison, what, but, but, and but I would... But what I'm trying to say, you can't really compare the deaths between the two of them. But you have to keep in mind where, <clears throat> if you look very carefully, when you had these substance where they weren't laced, people would die from them, right? But people did not die the same way that people are now. For example, if you take heroin and you put fentanyl in it, it's not only double as lethal as before, isms can be eight times more lethal. So the chances of a person dying on the first use is much higher than it was before. The chances of... Which is kind of stupid, you know, considering you want repeat customers if you're the black market, if you're these dealers. They don't care about repeat customers. They care about how much uh, market they can cover. Because what they do is is that they just want to shove as much crap into the street at the cheapest price. So if heroin is too expensive, they'll just throw in some fentanyl. And then they got just the right amount. Speaking of fentanyl, there's been cases of cannabis uh, laced with fentanyl in Connecticut. um, And that's going back like a month ago. Uh, a point I wanted to make, and it's a flip side of this, is sorry. Like, yeah, I it, went a little it, off it, tangents. It goes, it goes with your um, your analysis of how drugs are treated, and and this is yes, covering all drugs. Though we are concluding on psychedelics, but there's a awesome TED talk out there for all you listeners. I encourage you to go check it out on YouTube. It's called "Everything We Know About Addiction Is Wrong." We'll attach it in the description so you guys can check that video out. But they they talk about um, much of what we knew about addiction, and they do a lot of the research. They take a lot of data from research conducted. They do uh, they do a lot of work abroad too, and they uh, aggregated a lot of data. So basically, shows that countries that, as you said. Um, legalized all drugs um, and then allocated much of the funds, if not all of it, that were that was once used to combat drug use and drug trafficking. They allocated it back into society to help those uh, reconnect with uh, with purpose, with um, with work, with a lot of different things. Save a lot of lives. Uh, It absolutely absolutely did. Brazil is a good example. And that was about 20 years ago when they did this. And if we look at today, less people are dying, just as you're, you know, as you you suggested would happen if it were legalized. I heard this from a chemist who was from Brazil. He told me, he said that even though crime is bad in Brazil, it's nothing to do with any drugs. But he said that people that do overdose on heroin, most people survive. 
he said that in Brazil, there's only about, I think, a 10 or 15% chance of people dying when they get into the hospital. Compared to the United States, which is like close in the 90s. I'm not even sure what the number is anymore. Most people that are overdosing on heroin, they die in the hospital here in this country. They don't come out. Well, they come out and their brain is so fried. They, they got to be on like 12 different medications just to live to 60 and then well, drop big, dead. Well, Big Pharma's happy about that. In any case, yeah. that's, that is something for people to take a look at. So for, for the last five, six decades, as all of you listeners out there have been told that drugs are bad, um, they have no medicinal applications, um, to shun and uh, kind of um, discriminate against addicts, uh, people within your own family, you would turn away if you discovered uh, such behavior and use. All of that has been concluded that uh, with data and research that it is the incorrect approach. Um, naturally, people, for all kinds of reasons, turn to substances for some kind of relief, some kind of comfort in their lives. But the, the research that was provided has strong evidence that if you replace that discrimination with love, acceptance, and human connection, that uh, a very high percentage of people choose the connections, not the drugs. And a good example they gave was like, well, you know, if we handed out heroin to all kinds of people, um, chances are after 20 days, they'll all be addicts. But what you get prescribed after surgery is pure heroin, unlaced, you know, medical grade. And yet your grandmother comes that hip surgery, not an addict. So they studied this very closely. You know, grandma had something to go back to. She had a life that she enjoyed. She went back to the, you know, the grandchildren she wanted to spend time with. She didn't become an addict. And so human connection was a big element here. And you know what? It could be applied to psychedelics. You know, think about it. For example, acid, right? LSD, it opens your mind to creativity. It explores a whole different world. The people that have taken acid, they had really hard trips. They saw a lot of, you know, different pictures and different stuff like that. And they finished it. They came back to a world that they were loved. And they continued their art. I had a friend of mine. He was a struggling artist. And he did acid quite a number of times. He worked in a coffee shop. He had his day-to-job. job he walked, worked around, sold his art for cheap. And now he has a good business. He's trying to buy a home. He's married. He has a wife and a kid. And he doesn't take acid anymore on a day-to-day basis. He used it for what he needed it for, and he moved on. And it's always there if he ever needs it again. Yeah, and you know, it's like, I I don't even want to use the word drugs, okay? Yes, there are ones that are dangerous, like heroin, like crack cocaine, like methamphetamine, like ecstasy, all of these things. But that's not for everyone. And I'm not telling anyone to go take that stuff. You you know, if, if you want to go ahead and do that, be my guest. 
Am I going to support you? That's not for me to judge. You need to be the one that's to be able to support yourself. And, it, and the same thing with psychedelics is we're, if you want to have that experience, it's right there. You don't have to do it. No one's, no one's forcing you to do shrooms. No one's forcing you to drink ayahuasca tea. No one is forcing you to do DMT. But to take that away from someone and say, no, you can't have this. Why? Because it's a substance, one drug. Why? Because we deemed, we deemed it illegal. Why? Because we deemed it. Is the research to back what you're claiming? Yeah, but maybe biased research. But then you can ask the counter, <clears throat> which you just said right now, dentists give you straight cocaine. Surgery, they give you heroin. Thought it's illegal. No, it's different. That's medical. Well, yeah. Made in a lab. It's heroin. But it's legal. And it has an application, right? I mean, morphine. They pump you with morphine. Um, it feels good. I can tell you, um, when I went into surgery like six months ago, they gave me, uh, they shot me up with um, lidocaine. Ooh. I was like... Oh. I was like I was like, fuck, this feels really good in that one localized area that they're working on. I'm like, what would this feel like if it was my whole body? I'm like, I don't want to find out. It's going to be addictive. It, it, <laughs> it, it, it's pretty amazing. Yeah. I've been on that stuff. Yeah. <laughs> uh, when it wears off, though, oh, God. I could not move. I was like a zombie. I was just like sitting there. I was like, oh. But um, <clears throat> that wasn't a fun time. I guess it's going to affect everybody differently. I mean, lidocaine is just for just for external use, external numbing. Like, but it did it did have a pretty amazing sensation. Um, they they gave it to me. I had where I had a severe reaction to pepper spray. Like very <laughs> like very bad. Like I couldn't breathe. What did like you I, spray yourself or something? No. Um, my <laughs> in our dorm room, one of the guys decided to spray up the bathroom. With one full can of pepper spray. How, how's that a good idea? He thought it was funny. Ah, and then that happened. Yeah, and then I went in there, and then I couldn't breathe. I stopped breathing. So yeah. they they rushed me to the ER, and like this is Israel, so they calmed me down, and then they gave me lidocaine to help me, like just everything, just just because I was like my 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 heart was just going crazy, like I. You know, I was barely able to breathe, and I woke up, and I was just like, shalom. <laughs> you know, like, I was just, like, just gone, and I'm not, you know, I mean, I, 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 I'm happy everything happened there, but now that I'm thinking about it, I'm like, so it's legal for a hospital to get me high, but I can't go out, go out and get that stuff, you know? Well, I mean, <sighs> if... It's uh, yeah, it's illegal, but it has its implications, too. I mean, just like heroin, right? Um, people can use it for pain and it works. And then if they get addicted to it, the implications of that are very serious um, because everything can be addictive. I mean, physically addictive. Yes. Psychologically addictive. Yes. Um, when we compare it to, let's say, uh, psychedelics, those may not be physical but there could be something psychological to it. 
you go through an experience with psychedelics and you say, gosh, I love that feeling. And I, I loved how I felt, um, where it brought me. Um, it, it gave me a lot of new perspectives on, on life. And I, you know, I never want to leave that place. I don't, I don't want to come back to reality, but though that could be something that somebody experiences, you always have to come back to reality. I've seen people uh, admitted to um, NA for, let's say, abusing psilocybin, just magic mushrooms. I've seen people go into Narcotics Anonymous for that because they just use too much of it. Um, and it became a problem. Well, you heard what Henry said. Henry, you know, when he grew his, his, uh, his mushroom in his closet. <laughs> yeah, the giant, the giant shrooms. The giant shrooms. And he was saying, like, that stuff was, it was strong. You know, it, it's like, you can even hear from somebody like him, which he experiences a lot of this stuff. And he didn't shy away from the nitty gritty. Where it's like, yeah, sometimes this stuff can't be potent. It can be very strong. You know, it's again, it's like, how are you using this stuff? Like, are you, you like using this with a bunch of friends every night? You know, yeah. people don't say this. They just post their crap online and then they leave out all these details. This is a problem. Like you go on forums and online and people are like, oh, I had a bad trip on acid and I almost beat the crap out of my girlfriend. And then... If you know the actual story, it turns out that he hated his girlfriend beforehand and he couldn't stand her, but he didn't have the guts to dump her. He just kept on leading her on. And then he just got violent because that's how he just had all that tension built up in him. Did he bother to mention any of that? No, no of course not. Yeah. I mean, this is why it's uh, this is why it's great to have uh, live conversations with people sharing their experiences and um, and let listeners kind of decide for themselves uh, for whatever it's worth. Because when you are online, you are missing a lot of details. If you're in yeah. these forums, people, people will only reveal what they want to reveal. Um, even from my own experiences, making, uh, making content around my usage on psilocybin, there are people that, um, that do leave horrible comments. You know, uh, there, there are elements of, things that are said in those videos and those content um, that I've released over the years that uh, leave you incredibly vulnerable to the outside world where people choose to take shots at you. And that's um, it's difficult, but in the instance you're talking about, like there's elements of vulnerability in a, a comment that a person like that left. He may have felt bad, but he doesn't want to admit that he, you know, he did such a horrible thing. At the end of the day, beating anybody up uh, to a pulp is not a, a good thing to do unless it's probably self-defense. And even then, to a pulp, that's open to debate. <laughs> <coughs> but it just goes to show you we're – it's not the psychedelic – that make you violent. It's not the psychedelic that makes you stupid. It's not the psychedelic that makes you shit your pants. Sometimes ayahuasca can do that. But uh, <laughs> it's you yourself not admitting that you felt this way. And now that you opened yourself up to, to, your, to your mama, you know, any, 
any I, I know many I know many Latinos, especially uh ones that are cover Mexican families. You know, the mom with the slipper. You know? You got your you got your your mom that comes down with the the slipper and she's ready to beat the crap out of you with the slipper. That's what it's doing to you. It's like stop being an idiot and just let yourself breathe. And then people are like, but but I was angry. Yeah, you schmuck, you were angry. You were bottling up anger for 15 years. What did you think was going to happen? Uh, you know, that's. <laughs> I think that's a great point to bring up in the sense that uh, psychedelics give you a lot of these tools. You know, if, if you don't know how to cope with, um, with difficult emotions, this is a tool that may be able to um, give you access to a new set of methods that can help you cope and understand and um, and process. The world is very chaotic. You know, um, every single day, there's something horrible that happens in some part of the world, multiple times, almost every second. Of I the mean, day. I'm in, I mean, I'm in Florida, highest state per murder per capita. Highest what? Florida has the highest has the highest per capita murder than any other state in the U.S. I mean... There's more... Mur- basically, there's more murders that take place here in Florida than take place anywhere else. Not where I uh, live, though. Reminds me of the story uh, of... Uh, of about murder? No. The story of that, uh, that young man that they try to locate who disappeared into the mountains when his girlfriend disappeared. And then her body was found in Utah or whatever. Remember that story? That was yeah, he, was mur- he was murdered. Yeah, he was murdered. And she was murdered. But and they're and they're all from Florida. <laughs> uh, stay safe out there, man. I was going to try, you know, pepper spray nice and close. No, get, I do. get a gun, man. Get a gun. You know, <sighs> only American way. I know. And this is a state to get one. But uh, yeah. this has been. Um, it's been a pretty, you know, crazy experience, pretty wild experience, and it's been great to have so many amazing guests. Uh, we had um, Eli Nurat, which was from Los Angeles. She was an artist. Uh, now she has her own production company. She's been a psychedelic user for about 17 years and is a heavy burner. And Henry, a uh, fellow hippie, uh, activist, designer, creator, and... Just downright, really down to earth person that had very uplifting attitude, uh, very open minded, and really opened us all up. Three episodes to new experiences, new ideas, and different ways and different perspectives of looking at things. So, this has been amazing. Uh, I mean, we're going to be doing a mini series next time around for season five be covering lgbtq the community itself and so many other things that make the queer community what it is and native americans we want to be able to give them a voice be having a couple tribes coming on uh, for them to give over their experiences and their stories their culture and their history of twelve thousand years so without further ado tonight.
right, guys, we have reached that time in our podcast. This has been great. It has been fun, and we got lost in the groove. So stay tuned. Every Tuesday, be sure to check out a new episode of Lost in the Groove. It premieres about 2 a.m. in the morning, and our other channels, Sham Bam with Mike and Dave, which is our Patreon podcast, and our extra special, The Shindig Variety Show, our YouTube podcast. Links will be down in the description box, so you can vote for what topic we cover next season. And what other kind of content or new ideas and stuff we have to offer. Thank you guys so much for watching. Catch you guys in the next one.